Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Ann and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about something that's pretty sticky, pretty hard, but it's how to confess to your spouse. Okay, so this episode is going to be rough because confessing to your spouse your sin is not an easy thing. And to be honest, I have a feeling that a lot of couples don't do it. Um, And if they do, it's probably rare. Uh, But it's something that Jennifer and I have um, attempted to grow in and mature in and become um, better at at (laughs) and consistent in. And there's a bunch of reasons why. And not only do I want to explain to you guys today the reasons why we think confessing to your spouse is so powerful and so good for your marriage, but we're also going to give you some um, understandings and ideas on how to deal with confession and how to appropriately do it and how to confess correctly, um, which if we could say it that way, because there's a lot of ways we might want to confess, but um, we, we hope to help you guys in this area of your marriage to find more freedom, more healing, and more oneness um, and in reality, more power in your marriage through confession. So I think that we should just start off um, with some scripture and just jump right into it and see what God has to say about confession. So we're going to go to 1 John uh, 1, starting in verse 5. And we just want to encourage you guys to pull your Bibles out. Um, usually with these episodes, we trying to dig into the Word and give you some biblical understanding of what uh, topics we're talking about. So with confession today, we're going to start in 1 John chapter 1. Verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in Mm -hmm. us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Mm -hmm. So this is a really powerful verse, Aaron, and I just want you to talk a little bit about how it's it's talking about your relationship with God, but also how we can apply mm. these principles to marriage. Yeah, so first of all, the, this, the confession that we're talking about here, confessing our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Uh, there's a, the basic principle of our Christianity, of our faith, is confession. Mm-hmm. That if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, 
then we'll be saved, right? And so the confession that this is talking about is we confess that we are sinners before the living God. And we say we need your salvation through Jesus Christ. And so that's not the confession we're talking about today. But it is a good point to bring up that there is power in confession. It's one of the greatest gifts God's given us is that we get salvation through confession and belief. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to just start there and explain that confession is, again, one of the most powerful things that God's given us, one of the most powerful gifts. And it requires humility, doesn't it? To be able to go before God and say, I am a sinner and I need you. Like that requires humility and right. it's not it's not an easy thing to do by any means, but just the, the transformation that can come mm-hmm. in our hearts because of that humility and because of that willingness to admit that we need him is mm-hmm. really powerful. It's that willingness to um, confess that we and our works mm-hmm. are inadequate mm-hmm. for salvation. And it's saying, okay, Lord, uh, you and what you've done for me through Jesus Christ is the only thing that yeah. can save me. Mm-hmm. And so confessing that we're sinners, because everyone's a sinner. Mm-hmm. It, says, it says, if you say you're not a sinner, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the truth is not in you. So we are all sinners, right? So we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that he was risen from the dead. We will be saved. And then it tells us that we need to confess our sins right here in John 1, or First John 1. And so the power that is in confession it doesn't just end there in our salvation. Uh, we're called and commanded to con- continually confess because the idea is that we're still being sanctified daily. Yeah. Um, I, the, our listeners, the, I doubt that they haven't sinned today. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have. We all have. Every day we we fall into some sort of temptation. We, you know, and but the fact is that we don't have to because we have a Savior and we have the Holy Spirit living mm-hmm. in us. But because we're in the flesh, there's still that constant battle. And when we walk in the flesh we gratify the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And when we walk in the spirit, we gratify the desires of the spirit. And so confession becomes important in our day-to-day sanctification. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a a verse that we're going to get to a little later that explains exactly how we should confess. Uh, And at this point, this is no longer just a confession to our Father in heaven because, to be honest, he's imputed all of our sin to Christ. And so since Jesus Christ is now our identity and Jesus Christ and his righteousness is our righteousness— God sees us as righteous, but there's still a need for confession. And bec- that confession that we we do on a daily basis, sometimes on a moment-by-moment moment basis, is confessing that we still need Jesus, mm-hmm. that we still need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And by doing that, it brings us back into fellowship. It brings us back into fellowship, and it keeps our eyes in the right direction, mm-hmm. and it keeps our focus in the right direction. And to be honest, confession is one of the ways that we kill our flesh. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it says, take up our cross daily. Jesus said that. Take up our cross daily and follow him. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways we take up our cross is by confessing, and that's one of the ways that we kill our flesh, because we say, no flesh, mm-hmm. you're not going to get away with this. Mm-hmm. We're not going to continue to hide these things that we've done or that we're we're deciding to do mm-hmm. we're going to confess them and we're going to bring them into the light as this you know it says do we walk in darkness we're not called to walk in darkness we're called right. to walk in light we're now people of light mm-hmm. and so confession is our one of the tool the tool that it is is it's our light that we get to shine inside of us so that we take all the things in the darkness and we make them light mm-hmm. which i really love that contrast of darkness and light because mm-hmm. i think it's a really um good imagery of what that looks like yeah. in our in our life. And so when we take this scripture and we just put it in context of marriage, mm-hmm. uh, we can easily see how, well, we've seen it in our marriage where mm-hmm. if there's a sin that we're partaking in, um, there's immediate darkness there. And when we don't confess it, it kind of bubbles festers, over and yeah. it festers and, it, and then it starts spreading to other areas of our marriage and it really affects us. 
Um, but when we acknowledge that God is light and we mm-hmm. try and walk as people of light and we do confess, it's like mm-hmm. shining a big old flashlight in that area and we expose it for what it is. And even though that's extremely hard to do and there's risk involved because mm-hmm. it could hurt you or it could hurt well, me. It, it is hurting. Well, it is hurting. It's painful. It is super painful. Um, you're right about that. And, um, and we just don't know how that other person's going to respond to us. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard to do, but it's so good because once that mm-hmm. a- area is lit up, we can get rid of it. We can clean it out. Yeah. We can remove it from our lives. And that's the next step in, in transformation is just, you know, mm-hmm. cleaning out that area. Yeah. And, and the other part of confession is not just for our sake. Um, you, you mentioned a second ago that it, it, it cultivates oneness mm-hmm. and it brings back into fellowship. Yeah. And so our confession for salvation is to bring us into fellowship with the Father. Mm-hmm. Our confession on earth, after that on earth is going to be bring us back into fellowship with the ones that we've wronged. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what leads us into why it's good to confess to your spouse. And uh, the the reason we want to talk about this is we've had a lot of we we've had a lot of emails and conversations and friends from the past, and I've heard them say like, "Oh, I don't need to tell my wife that she does. I don't want to put that on her. I don't want to you know overwhelm her with that or make her break her heart." Um, I have my my brothers and my my friends that I my accountability partners I confess to they know, and the way I look at that is since we are one, since we're a unit, when I sin in private, it doesn't matter if she knows or not. I've sinned against my my own body, my wife, and so the offended party, my wife, whether she knows she's offended or not, is the one that I need to go confess to. Because the Bible tells us to go and to um, to seek forgiveness from our brothers. If we've wronged someone, if someone it says if someone's wronged you, you go to them, mm-hmm. and it says if if you've uh, if they confess and they repent, you've won your brother. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm sinning in private, you know, my major sin was pornography, and it was something that I would go back to often. If I do that in private. I don't have a right to just go to my brothers and my brothers, my accountability partners, and tell them only. I know it feels that way, and it's actually much easier to do that because my brothers who also struggle with that are like, "Oh, we get it. We're told, it. yeah, you know what? Let's just, you'll be stronger next time. We, we're with this. You're with, we're with you." But all along, my wife over here is sitting, and it, all I've done is cast darkness in our marriage, mm-hmm. and I've severed oneness with us because. I've taken a major sin that I've not only done against myself and my own body, I've done it against my actual body, my, the oneness that we have. And so my job to confess to my wife is um, unavoidable, mm-hmm. but we do avoid it. I did it for a long time, but it wasn't until I learned to come to you and confess to you the right way, because I would confess to her the wrong way, and we'll talk about that, <laughs> but until I learned how to confess the right way, my actual sin my my issue with pornography wasn't actually getting dealt with mm-hmm. because i was never being confronted with the true consequences of my sin and i would guarantee you everyone listening right now mm-hmm. that even if um let's say you did tell your accountability partners or brothers in christ or mm-hmm. whoever and not me not your wife um that that tension mm-hmm. of that that sin happened even the though shame I on the inside well even guilt. if i don't know exactly what happened i can tell something happened i can tell something was wrong because there's been times mm-hmm. in our marriage where i've asked you like hey you know have you been struggling lately because i just i just feel like something yeah. something's going on and so even if you're not willing to tell me usually the other party can feel it so i just mm-hmm. want to encourage those listening that um it really is important i feel like confession is important because you 
you are affecting your marriage no matter what. Mm-hmm. And even if you think you're hiding it or you think the other person doesn't know, they probably have a good sense that you're at least struggling. And so yeah, it's really well, important to get that op- out in the open so that you mm-hmm. guys can help each other work through it and work through it as yeah. one and not, you know, separately. Well, like, like we said, where there's darkness, there's darkness in the marriage. Mm-hmm. So like it's over here and, and I might have confessed to my brothers, which I'm not saying you should not confess to accountability partners, friends, brothers that, that you trust. But they shouldn't be the only people. Yeah. If the person you've wronged is your spouse, yeah. the person you've wronged is the one you should go and mm-hmm. confess to, not someone else who has no part in this, no mm-hmm. no responsibility in it. Now, I think both should happen, uh, and we'll talk about that in James one. It talk, or in James five, it talks about that. Um, but like you said, that there's that that darkness that's there in the relationship. There is a spiritual consequence to our sin. Yeah. And you are spiritually connected to me, mm-hmm. not just as my wife, but as a sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I've wronged you, and there's a there's a brokenness in the fellowship. And I can't um, I can't try and have a, a right relationship with you when I'm walking in darkness over here. Because what did First John say again? It says, "If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth." So this is talking about with our relationship with the Father, but it works in the same way in our relationships. Yeah. So if I'm walking in darkness over here and I claim to be walking in light over here, mm-hmm. I'm lying. Mm-hmm. And I'm not walking in the truth, and I'm not walking in true fellowship with my wife, and I'm not walking in transparency and in light. I'm walking in darkness. And it wasn't until I recognized that that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just keeping all this darkness over here. And remarkably, um, unsurprisingly, I wasn't finding true healing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't changing. My confession was not real. So just to wrap up this verse that we're looking at, I want to just touch on this last part that says, um, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I'm the only one in this. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, when we first got yeah. married, remember, I, I, I thought that I was perfect or at least close to perfect. And so anytime a problem arrived. At least arrived, compared to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, anytime a problem yeah. arrived or there was an issue, I always mm. looked at you and pointed the finger and just thought that you know you were the issue um, or that your sin was the issue and it was really hard for me to look inward and see where where I was the being the one in the wrong and so mm-hmm. um, I just want to reiterate that this this last part of um, these verses because it's so important to remember that we shouldn't deceive ourselves in thinking that our spouse is the only one capable of sinning um, and and we can't compare <laughs> yeah. sins right we can't say well if you're struggling with pornography that's not as bad as my my sin and what I'm mm-hmm. struggling with whether it's gossip or jealousy or so therefore I don't whatever. need to confess so then I don't yours need to, is much greater than yeah. Mine, yeah so we need to be really com- careful when it comes to considering our own sins and always evaluate it like mm-hmm. constantly be on guard and um, and evaluate your lives to see if you're walking in that truth and walking in that light yeah and so when you started realizing it's, it wasn't that you needed to confess everything when you realized that there were things that you did need to confess mm-hmm. the mutual confession uh did cultivate a environment of confession mm-hmm. it didn't become like i'm always the one coming to you to confess there i go again which it was that mm-hmm. because i was walking in it pretty rampantly um but if you felt like you can come to confess to me that was it. That would be empowering. It'd be encouraging. It'd be building oneness still, yep. um, and it would cultivate a more of an environment of confession in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we learned that confession was a vital part of our oneness. Yeah, of of bringing us back to reconciliation and mm-hmm. back on the same page. And 
and experiencing that oneness and yeah. and intimacy because intimacy is affected by so so many other things in marriage and oh gosh, um, yes. sin is definitely a part of that and I also want to encourage those listening that um, even though confession isn't easy as you practice it it becomes easier wouldn't you say like oh, yeah. as like just like what you were just saying um, as we understood the value mm-hmm. of confession and both taking part in doing it mm-hmm. uh, it became a lot easier to do it also made this the sins that we were prone to much harder to fall into because all we were thinking is like well if I make that choice I'm gonna have to go see the pain on my spouse's face mm-hmm. <laughs> and that again going back to it's killing the flesh yeah. I'm going to confess because I don't want my flesh to win in this area. Yeah. Which is a really important reason why we wanted to talk about confession today mm-hmm. is that killing of the flesh because that is a motivation for confession. Do you want to read Romans 8 and talk yeah. about that? So in, in Romans 8, um, we get reminded by Paul to walk in the Spirit and not to gratify the desire, desires of the flesh. And he says this right here. He's in verse 12 of Romans 8. He says, so then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. This is what we were doing every single time we were, I was dipping back into my sin that I continually was doing. I was killing not only myself spiritually, but I was killing my marriage. Yeah. You will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So, and it says in this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I'm a son of God, you're a daughter of God, mm-hmm. you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God. So what we do is we put the, to death the deeds of the flesh. And one of the ways of doing that is by confessing the, the deeds, deeds of, of the, the flesh. flesh. <laughs> and it it, rem- it tells you, because it hurts. Mm-hmm. You're probably sitting there right now thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't go tell my spouse that I did X, Y, Z. And the reason you're telling yourself that is because the flesh is saying that's going to hurt too much. Mm-hmm. Think about fasting. I just want to give this example for a second. Fasting is another way that we kill the deeds of the flesh because the basic needs of our body is to eat, right? It's a basic need. And so the spiritual discipline of fasting is to teach our body who's in control. Mm-hmm. Is it the body, Is our flesh in control or the spirit? And to put boundaries up there, right? And say, yeah. no, you're not going to do that today. And fasting hurts mm-hmm. because the flesh is like, no, I need food. And you're like, well, even though this hurts, I'm going to say no. Yeah. For a time yeah. and so one of the other ways is confession and that kills it, this the areas of our life that god wants cut out mm-hmm. you know the the illustration of of circumcision which is a gross thing but it's this idea of cut, cutting the away the dead flesh and that's what god wants to do to our hearts he wants to circumcise our hearts he wants to cut away all the dead flesh so that's what our encouragement is in this episode is that we learn the the gift of confession for the sake of killing our flesh to walk in purity, to build oneness in our marriage, to build, uh, to, to cultivate um, righteousness and purity in our home mm-hmm. and in our relationship. And that together as a husband and wife, we're walking out in truth and light because yeah. we want to be like God. We want to, um, you know, serve him and be like him mm-hmm. and reflect his testimony. And we can't yeah. do that if our marriage is full of darkness and we're mm-hmm. not on the same page or we're not, you know, uh, experiencing that oneness. Yeah. In and the reason we do this is not just to get rid of the, sh- the, ga- the guilt and shame, which confession absolutely cleanses us from the, the guilt and shame because mm-hmm. we, we get it out. We, it's finally like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm hiding that. And all that weight I was feeling from it because that's the Holy Spirit impressing on us mm-hmm. to confess. So if you feel that those that guilt, that shame, not an ungodly guilt, 
It's a godly guilt that says, oh, I should not have done that. I made a wrong decision. I need to make this right. Mm-hmm. And it makes us, it brings us back into right relationship with our spouse and it helps us to walk in the way God's called us to walk. Mm-hmm. And the purpose for this is so that our marriage isn't hindered from doing the ministry that God's given us to do. Right. It's not just to feel shameless, you know, shame-free and guilt-free. Oh, good, I got it off my chest. Now it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's so that we as a team can walk in oneness in the ministry and in the mission that God has for us. That's really good. Because the enemy wants to take it all away. And he wants the, to take away our effectiveness. That's true. And the enemy will lie to us and convince us that we don't need to confess about that little thing over there. Oh, you'll take care of it next time. Just be better next oh, time. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine. Like that's happened so many times in our marriage. Every single time. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. We, all kinds of different lies, lies surrounding insecurities mm-hmm. or fears about how your spouse will respond or, mm-hmm. you know, they just won't love me if I tell them that. Like there's so many ways that he tries to convince us of not confessing. And mm-hmm. we want to be an encouragement to you guys today from a couple that has struggled really hard with different kinds of sins and has confessed it. It's a beautiful thing. And, and it's, found healing And from it's them. worth it and mm-hmm. it's vital and it's essential for your marriage to be able to, to thrive and be in a place where you trust each other, mm-hmm. where you have a safe zone, where you know you're probably going to mess up, but you are both walking in truth and light, mm-hmm. where you are um, more prone not to mess up because of that practice of confession mm-hmm. and you know that it's coming if you do that thing. So I just want to encourage them listening that it mm-hmm. really is a beautiful thing and, and our marriage has seen the fruit of it. So let's move on to how to confess to your spouse. This is the sticky part, and yeah. it's, there's no easy way to do it, but there's correct ways to do it. Uh, but before we start that, I want to read James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And so I wanted to bring that up because... Again, one of the main reasons my our point in this episode is to confess to your spouse. It says to confess one another, the closest one another. As I always say, that your closest neighbor yeah. is your spouse. And we confess to them, and like I said, to kill the flesh and so that we'll be healed. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, personally, it wasn't until I started confessing correctly that I actually started finding healing in the area of pornography. Mm-hmm. It was when I started realizing, like, I'm actually going to, I'm going to do this all the way because I want my I want that part of my flesh that sin that sin nature I want that that area of my sin that area of my flesh to die. Mm-hmm. I want it dead. I don't want it anymore. And so um confessing correctly helps do that. And so let's let's talk through some of the points that we came up with in this idea of how to go to your spouse and confess correctly Mm -hmm. before we move on i wanted to just interject here when i think about this verse about confessing Mm -hmm. for healing i think of all the emotional effects of sin and how it you know um, hardens your heart um the guilt Mm -hmm. the shame the embarrassment the insecurity all those negative feelings the the anger the frustration i mean there's so many negative feelings wrapped up in in our hearts when we sin and when i hear this verse i think of freedom Mm -hmm. from all of that i think of Mm -hmm. healing the heart. And so I just want to be, you know, make sure that I pointed that out because as a woman Mm. and being an emotional being and that God created us to experience emotions, I think it's important that we know that God has a a cure for us to Mm. be healed in those ways. And especially when it comes to, um, you know, our marriage relationship, because that, that's the first ignition point for just uh, being fuel for, for emotions. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want to bring up, it's not actually on our notes, but it's recognizing on both parties, that Christ has forgiven us of everything. Mm-hmm. 
he forgave us the worst crimes. And not just ours, but the whole world's. Mm-hmm. So if Christ can do it, we should be able to do it. So I just wanted to start there with understanding not just the confession side, but the forgiveness side. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing your spouse can do against you that's worse than what we did to God and the separation we had. And that Christ took all of that on his own body and crucified it. Mm-hmm. And so starting there with this understanding of, the, and this is actually how our relationship, our marriage got healed in the first place, not from the, this confession side of things, but recognizing that there's nothing Jennifer could ever do to me that is worse than what I've done to God in my own sin and the separation I had from God. And so that helped me get to a point of recognizing like, wow, I should be able to forgive anything. Mm -hmm. And if I can't, the Bible tells us if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. It's a scary scripture. And so we just want to have this understanding of forgiveness. So let's go into a few of these points now of how to come to your spouse with um, a right heart of confession. Well, I would say um, just starting off that honesty is the key. Like the point Mm -hmm. of confession is to be honest, transparent. This is the message of of Unveiled Wife. If you guys have been following Unveiled Wife or read The Unveiled Wife, um, it's this idea of like we're supposed to be fully transparent. And so when you go into confession, you don't want to tell half-truths. You don't Mm want to... um, you know, just tell enough to be able to get that relief off your chest. You want to tell the whole truth. You want to be all encompassing and just Mm -hmm. hand it over and be super transparent because otherwise you're not being honest. And this is what I did whenever I would come to confess to you that early on, Mm -hmm. because I would confess a lot because I hated the shame. I hated the guilt. And I was like, I need to, the, the Holy spirit was impressing upon me, but my way of confessing was to minimize. Yeah. And minimizing is, Essentially saying, oh, was, you know, I, I messed up, but it was, it was just only, this little thing, it was a little thing just, and like it just, it kind of happened and, uh, you know, I was be kind of uh, vague about vague it, vague and, um, and, you know, and I just want you to know, I, I'm really sorry. I want you to forgive me. Yeah. And my wife over here, she can feel that I was minimizing yeah. whether she would say it or not. And what I'm doing is I'm lying. <laughs> minimizing is lying. Mm-hmm. It's not truth. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started practicing telling the whole truth. Now, that doesn't mean I gave 100% of the details, but I was fully truthful. As in, I would say, babe, I messed up. I chose, because this is the key. I didn't stumble into, I didn't accidentally consume. I chose to do this. I watched this and I I need to ask for forgiveness for that. Mm-hmm. It was wrong and I. this is what I did. And when I did it, and actually, I experienced that when you're fully transparent and honest, there's a lot more to the conversation. Like, this is how it made me feel. And I got actually more perspective mm-hmm. of your heart and what you were going through at that time versus just this, whoop, there it is. You yeah. know? So. Well, the minimizing, that made sure that I was able to get enough out to make sure that my shame and guilt was taken care of. My I confessed. Mm-hmm. Um but I was really still protecting my sin. And it left a lot of um, insecurity in my heart because I felt like there was things that you weren't telling me that... Because I wasn't telling you, should, you all. <laughs> that, that you could have mm-hmm. to help heal that part of our marriage. But um, I would say that honesty is, is super mm-hmm. important for, for our own sakes too, not just for our spouse. But um, it's, the point is not yeah. just to confess to get that itch off your chest. Like the point of confession is, is to shine that light. When you shine a flashlight in a corner, it lights everything up, not just, you know, a portion of the corner. It lights Mm -hmm. up the whole corner. So 
Yeah. That, that's my... Well, and the, the analogy would be this. Like, uh, so let's say I had a cut and it's infected. And that's our sin in our life. Uh, the, the, if the infection's bad enough, you got to cut it all out. You can't just like kind of clean it up and like put a bandaid over it. And or some people just try and put a bandaid over it. They don't even clean it. And like, what oh, happens band-aid. is it gets worse. Yeah. Then you got to rip the bandaid off. And it hurts. And then you got to cut more away. Yeah, it's good. And then if you don't take care of it, it gets worse. And eventually you're amputating an arm. Yeah. Or eventually you you get a blood disease and you die. Yeah. <laughs> so th- th- that same analogy is exactly what's happening when we minimize. And you know what? When you minimize because you've gotten... When you get come to confession and you minimize, mm-hmm. usually what's happening is... You've already minimized before you got to confession. The littler things that led you to that decision, you've told yourself like, oh, I want, that's not a big deal. Yeah. And um, you've also already justified in your heart that you should be forgiven and that it wasn't a mm-hmm. big deal and that you want to move yeah. on where your spouse is yeah. not in that place yet. Which leads me to the idea of repentance. Repentance and confession are two different things. Confession is saying what you've done and, and that you were wrong. Con- you've, you're shining a light repentance is the heart that you do it in. So when you're talking about confessing correctly, this is what you're talking about. This is what I'm talking about. All of those other times that I confessed, I was confessing just because I felt bad. Oh, I feel dirty and like, uh. When I started confessing and not minimizing and not downplaying and not hiding, but confessing fully and repenting, and my repentant heart is, I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm I'm not going to fall back into that. I'm not going to hurt you anymore in this way because I don't like hurting you. Mm-hmm. I don't like hurting God because in reality, I'm sinning against my father, but you're the one that I've mm-hmm. done it against. Mm-hmm. And so confession with a repentant heart, they have to go hand in hand. If you're confessing just to get it off your chest, your heart's not repentant. Yeah. So I want to read Matthew 3. Verse 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So just that idea that it's a continual thing. Yeah, so the, the heart, a repentant heart is one that is constantly saying, I'm starting to look the wrong direction. I'm going to look back at what my, fa- my, my father's direction. Mm-hmm. Again, it's what you're choosing. I'm going to choose to go this way. Yeah. I was going this way. I chose that. Now I'm going to go this way. And so I come to my wife and I say, I broke covenant with you. Mm-hmm. I sinned against you. I did this and I repent. And it's so much more than just an acknowledgement of your sin. It's actually a heart change. It's saying, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that anymore. And you're committing to that. It's mm-hmm. not doing it anymore. Yeah. And so the, the ne- so confession and repentance, they have to go hand in hand. Um, and full truth. Mm-hmm. No minimizing. Yeah. No downplaying. No hiding. Uh, s- just get it out. So uh, one thing I do want to touch on is um, for the person on the receiving end, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the husband or the wife, there has to be, well, first of all, there, there has to be an agreement in a safe zone, right? You have to be able to give each other permission to confess and to mm-hmm. say really hard things that could hurt you. Um, so if there's not will that... Will hurt you. That will hurt you. Yeah. I know. I always forget that it's, it, it, it is going to hurt. Um, if if there's no atmosphere or or security and coming to one another, uh, that's going to make confession even harder. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we've done a really good job in our marriage of giving each other that space to just say, Hey, I need to talk. Um, a big part of that is picking mm-hmm. a right time. You know, yeah. don't, don't choose to go into confession when you're walking into a restaurant to meet your family. I'm notoriously <laughs> bad at this. Um, you used to be, you're better now. Yeah. Uh, but, um, 
just yeah. just make sure that you you're choosing the right time to confess and then on the other end that you're not um waiting for the perfect time to confess and that never comes so don't justify yeah. like oh i just never got it got around to it <laughs> so be really mindful of that um but my encouragement here is that the person on the receiving end is willing to process this confession mm-hmm. with their spouse walk through through it with them and be forgiving. And yeah. so I just want to move to uh, Luke 17, 3 through 4. Do you want to read that? Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So we wanted to bring this up because I think that being in the marriage ministry, we get a lot of like, how many times am I supposed to forgive my husband for this? Or how yeah. many times am I supposed to forgive my wife for this? And Jesus makes it pretty clear here. (laughs) Yeah. And essentially what Jesus is saying here, he's saying the amount of times that God forgave the Jewish people when they were in rebellion, he's saying you should forgive your, your, your brother. And so, so having that heart of forgiveness on the, on the party that's being confessed to, Mm -hmm. um, I would, I would add to this is if you have a heart of just waiting for your spouse to trip up and like, Oh, I knew it. I knew this This is the time. Now I have the excuse to walk away. Now I have the excuse to get, get on them the, the way I've wanted to get on them. Your heart's wrong. Yeah. Now, this isn't to say that you're not going to be hurt. The point, the, the fact that we've sinned, you're already hurt. Yeah. Sin causes death. Yeah. Okay, sin is painful. So we're not saying that you're not allowed to be hurt by this and not allowed to have emotions by it. Mm-hmm. But if you both have a mentality in this marriage that I'm here for the other person. I'm one with them. I'm about reconciliation. Yeah. I'm about righteousness. I'm about purity. And I'm going to be obedient to what the Father has called me to. And I'm about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. What that means is when your spouse does con- confess to you, your heart's not in a place of, finally I have the, the excuse I've been waiting for. Right. <laughs> or questioning how many times do I have to forgive you? So I, I also <clears throat> want to say that um, specifically in marriage, the goal is reconciliation. Con- confession is for the goal of reconciliation. It's not to hurt the other person. It's not just to get off your chest, but it's actually so that there's light throughout the marriage Mm -hmm. and reconciliation constantly happening. And and because marriage is such a unique relationship and such an intimate relationship, that reconciliation Mm -hmm. process should and could be happening all the time. Yeah. And just like um, the relationship between Christ and the church is a bride and groom, and we always talk about this, that the marriage relationship is God's favorite symbol and representation of the gospel. Yeah. And so our confession and repentance, our confession and forgiveness is continually showing what how the gospel works. Yeah. We confess to our Father, He forgives us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we have that responsibility in our marriage. Now, that doesn't mean I confess to you, it's really hard, and you're just like hurt, because that is reality. And you're like, all right, I forgive you. I'm over it. That's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I started confessing to you, I used to, what I would do is, and this is a, another point, is I don't come confess to you and you don't come confess to me and then immediately start explaining like, well, now you need to forgive me. Now you need to, you, oh wait, I've confessed. I've repented. Now you need to give me back, give me and treat me the way I think you need right. to treat me. Actually, when I come to confess, when you come to confess, when you confess to your spouse, that's the only responsibility you have and you need to trust the Lord with your spouse's heart. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I started doing is I would come confess mm-hmm. and I would just not say anything else. Mm-hmm. I would confess, I would say all of it and I knew you were hurt and I wouldn't try and justify and I wouldn't try and just say, well, hey, like, can we just be better now? I just let it. 
I just let it out. Which actually really helped me process what the confession was and how, what, what my response should mm-hmm. be. And instead of hearing a justification or an excuse or, or hurrying you along or to hurrying forgiving me, along, me. Um, I was ap- actually able to go back to the father and say, God, how do I, what do I, you know, yeah, I'm do? hurt. What do I do now? Yeah. And um, again, as we practice confession, mm. confession and practice reconciliation, it becomes a little bit mm. of a quicker process for me, um, depending on what the confession is. But that- well, it definitely becomes quicker because I think our, the things that we're confessing get smaller and smaller because right. we're finding healing. Right. You know, the goal is oh, yeah. to not continue in the things and like, oh, we have this plan of confession and that's how we fix things. No, the, con- the goal of confession is to kill the deeds of the yeah. flesh and be refined and justified. Yeah. Or in, and yeah, justification yeah. and sanctified. Yeah. So over time, I think, I know, yeah. the sins have gotten smaller. Right. So the process <laughs> becomes quicker. That, yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, but I was going to encourage those listening that um, as much as you have to have that safe zone for confession, you have to have mm. that space for the other person to respond. And that's what you're touching on is just yeah. once you confess and you share mm-hmm. your part, you have to allow your spouse that time to share their part. And um, I remember in the beginning of our marriage, you would get even more hurt when I expressed any sort of emotion, if I cried over it or if I got angry or frustration mm-hmm. or frustrated. And um, I think it's really important that the people confessing should know that their spouse is probably going to be affected mm-hmm. by it as far as emotionally yeah. and that it's important to allow that to happen. Well, and and yeah. that person who's responding emotionally shouldn't be overly dramatic about it. Like you're still responsible for your part and to have self-control. Mm-hmm. So to be lashing out in anger and things, that's not, I wouldn't say that that's okay. I would say that mm-hmm. you're allowed to show and express emotions. It might even be justified. Yeah, but you but you should still have self-control in those. Well, what, it, what by confessing and not controlling your, your spouse's response, because that's what I always liked. I didn't want to feel the pain of it. Yeah. I didn't want to see the pain of it. Um, there, there was a book we read that said your spouse is a full length mirror reflecting mm-hmm. your sin back at you. Mm-hmm. And what that means is like, I confess, I started allowing my, my, I started allowing you to actually reflect my sin at me. And what it was, it was actually a consequence of your sin that helped, Absolutely was. that helped refine you because when you saw the hurt in me, it, you realized like, I can't be doing that anymore. So I don't it, want to hurt you. That's the beauty of marriage yeah. though, is it becomes this beautiful um, process of sanctification. Like you, mm-hmm. you, like we help each other. If we let it happen. If we let it, yeah. yeah. So this idea of confessing and not controlling your spouse's uh, response. Yeah. Letting your spouse have time to say what they want to say, to go pray, to have uh, to go away if they need to for a, for a time to think to to pray through to ask the father for direction is the more appropriate way to confess. Mm-hmm. We don't go to God and confess our sins and say, "Okay, Lord, now like just everything's good. You you have to now treat me this way." You now the father does treat us well. He treats us good, but it says that our father's a good father and he disciplines those he loves. Yeah. So. Do we say, okay, no, Father, I already did this thing. You, you don't have to discipline me now. We don't get to do that. My children don't, don't get to do that to me. If my children need discipline, they need discipline. If we need discipline, we need discipline. And a part of this relationship in our marriage, by me confessing, I, cannot con- I'm, I should not control my spouse's response to my confession. Mm-hmm. My job is to confess and repent. Her job is to process that and deal with it and pray through it and respond. Yeah. We don't make our spouse forgive us. It doesn't work that way. And I used to do that. And I, but by doing that, all I was doing was managing the pain that I was feeling. 
And I didn't want to fill it. I didn't want my flesh to fill the pain I was feeling. See the hurt on your face, the shame, the disgust. I didn't want to deal with any of that. But if we're called to put our deeds of the flesh to death, <laughs> is it going to hurt? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But it needs to. But it needs to. Because the pain that we felt in seeing it be played out mm-hmm. by me confessing or you confessing and you seeing those is way less painful mm-hmm. than the death that we could feel if we didn't. Yeah divorce or worse Mm -hmm. and so the i just want to encourage you listening the pain that you might see on your spouse's face is going to be significantly less painful than not saying anything and letting the sin fully grow and corrupt your marriage and corrupt your marriage into death and so we just want to encourage you that confession is a beautiful thing and it is a hard thing but we need to do it so we know that this episode was a little bit deeper and harder to wrap your your hearts around because it's not an easy thing to to confess to mm-hmm. your spouse, but it is a necessary thing, um, like we've shared. And we just uh, hope that this would spur you on to evaluate your lives. If there is sin in your life, if there is darkness um, in your life or in your marriage, that you would shine a light on it and talk to your spouse about it, talk to God about it, mm-hmm. and receive that healing that he has for you. Yeah, and one final point, your main accountability partner in life is your spouse. Yeah. They're going to walk with you through everything. So might as well walk through the sanctification process with each other and not avoid it. That doesn't mean don't have other accountability partners. We, we both do. We all do. Yeah. Um, but your spouse is your main accountability partner. Yeah. And for that spouse that is the accountability partner, make sure that you are representing just as how God would, you know, have mm-hmm. the mercy, have the grace, have the forgiveness for your spouse and what they're walking through mm-hmm. and see them through the eyes of Jesus. I think that's the, the biggest thing I can help, help encourage you with is to see your spouse as Jesus sees them. Yeah. So we just want to thank you for joining us this week. And uh, we hope and pray that you would go home with your spouse and you guys would have good conversations about this. And uh, we hope that good fruit comes from us. See you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? Find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com. And let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.